Welcome. You're listening to The Bump Podcast, a place for believers of the unexplained, monsters, and paranormal. I'm your host, Bo Kennedy. Join us as we go face-to-face with what goes bump in the night. Hey there, believers. I got a good show for you today. Um, had an interview with Jason. He wanted to talk about a missing time incident that he had about 18 years ago that he's never been able to explain or understand what happened fully. From there, we talk about a UFO sighting that he had. I share a couple of my stories with him, and then we get on talking about other things. You know, we get into a little bit of conspiracy talk, we get into uh, simulation theory. And we even talk about a couple of encounters that other people had that it's all in the same area. So this is a really fun episode, and I hope you enjoy it. It was a weeknight because my schedule with the the company I was with, uh, I ended up getting days off during the week. So uh, I took off down to the river. Like I said, it's a less than a block from my house uh, on North Staunton Road over by St. Mary's. So it's easy walking distance to the Ohio. So, you know, just normal stuff, man. Packed up my fishing gear, hackle box, and then some snacks and stuff. Went down, set up on the river, and uh, I know I was there probably about 15 minutes. I was long enough to get set up, get, get everything baited, get my rod set. And uh, I could hear something in the woods, you know, like coming towards me. And I, I thought for sure, you know, it's either another fisherman. Or he's getting ready to get checked by the DNR, or you know, there shouldn't have been any you know large animals down there. He's between you know a road and the river, and the community. So that, that really didn't cross my mind too much. But you could tell it's somebody walking. Uh, but shortly after that, like I don't remember anything. I remember you know being there, setting my rods up, and then the next thing that I remember was waking up in my house, you know almost 10 a.m., and uh, just being kind of really freaked out about not remembering anything. So I went outside, and my fishing pole and stuff were on the porch, but my tackle box wasn't there, my bucket. And, I, you know, I caught fish. There were still two fish on my string when I went back to the site, and I had no recollection of catching fish. That's crazy. So you had to have stayed there for a while. Yeah, I had to be there for a while. Uh, I had two catfish on my string around. But, you know, they were both silly. It's hard to kill a catfish. Yeah. But uh, after hearing the noise, I mean, get, I remember getting my fishing license out. Yeah, I was 
you know, ninety five percent sure I was getting ready to get checked by DNR. And then I have like I was telling you earlier, I, I've tried to rationalize it over the years, like, you know, I, I fell asleep and walked home groggy, but I, I don't think I remember some of my stuff and leave the other stuff. Right. Especially the fish you caught. Yeah, I don't remember catching the fish at all. Which is the weird thing, like <laughs> Think you go fishing, that's the part you would remember is, is catching the fish, but I don't remember it all. I mean, it, the the rest of the night was like a total blank. Like, it didn't even happen, but it definitely happened. Yeah. But did you ever get to see what came through the, the, the path, what came up the trail? No. I remember just standing there waiting, and uh, that's really the last thing I remember. I don't, I don't remember anything after that. I had been there long enough, like I said, to set my my equipment up and get my rods in the, and uh, I remember I had my fishing license in my hand and that's it. Like a lot shut out, I don't remember anything after that. Dude, that's crazy, man. My girlfriend at the time had, had said, well, "Do you think you might have got jumped or something?" I was like, "No, I mean, I'm not sore. There's no money gone. My my debit card's still in my wallet." <laughs> Yeah. It wouldn't make sense just to come by and, and lay somebody out and leave everything. Right. And you would you would wake up with a headache or something if that happened, right? Yeah. I mean, and how would you get back to your house and not remember it? You know. It was uh, it, it's one of two things in my life that has always had me like questioning. I don't uh, I haven't told a ton of people about it. I had. Uh, in my entire life now, I always watch the skies. I've been fascinated by UFOs and stuff. I've only had one thing that I couldn't reasonably explain as far as that goes. And I don't really tell too many people about that just because, you know, you get the sideway looks and all that stuff. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm too old to care about that stuff now, man. <laughs> oh, it's crazy that the, the government can come out and say, hey, look at these. Uh, uh, what? Hold on. They've done change the name of them now. The, uh, Unidentified aerial phenomenon, UAP. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and nobody even cares. Yeah, nobody blinks an eye. Like, yeah, we know, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I eat that stuff up too, man. I, I was watching uh, or listening to Joe Rogan's podcast, and he had uh, Commander Fravor on his show talking about the whole UFO encounter. Yeah, I, I with a call for I was just listening to Rogan talk about some of this stuff. <laughs> Yeah, I, I love that interview, man. He talked about, you know, he went right after it. Yeah. yeah. They, uh, I don't understand, man, like why, hey, you know, it just hasn't blown up like you'd think it would. You have the U.S. Navy, you know, officially saying, you know, this is an unidentified aerial phenomenon, UFO. Yeah. And, and nobody even bats an eye, so. Yeah. Yeah, all the nerds are like, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm like, tell me more. Uh, and you know, I, I've seen a UFO beyond a shadow of a doubt. I've I've seen one. So was this I'm, military time? Or? It was the day I got out of the Air Force, man. Oh wow! My dad came down to pick me up from uh, Barksdale down in Louisiana because he had a U-Haul and stuff that he rented and. We towed my car behind the behind the U-Haul coming home, 
and we were in a little town uh, called Arkadelphia. And it was, it's kind of like on the Arkansas-Louisiana border. Yeah. And we were driving through there, and my dad had, at the time, he had a, an H2. So we were sitting in that Hummer, and the windows are real square, you know, so you, you can see pretty good. And I looked at the passenger side window, and everything out there is flat, man. It's, it's nothing like it is here. And when I looked out there, I could see just a white light. You know, it was way off in the distance, but it was following the same path we were going. Like we were heading east. It was heading east. And it was just going so quick. It went past the passenger side window, and it got to where it was directly in front of me and my dad. Uh, you know, probably a couple of miles away, but, you know, you could see it out there. Yeah. And uh, after it got pretty much centered up with the with the interstate, it flashed out this weird green color. Like, I don't know what kind of color green. I, I've never seen this color. It was just an odd color of green. And it, it flashed out and, like, filled the sky, man. And then that light sucks back in to that little, you know, to where it started. The light sucked in and it was gone. There was nothing there. My dad saw it with me. We both started cussing and yelling, and <laughs> it was just crazy, man. And that that confirmed it for me, you know, because I worked on jets. Yeah. I, I've been around fighter jets. I've been around all kinds of stuff. And I know what afterburners look like. You know, I, I've never seen something like that before. It was just – it was it, – sealed the deal for me. You know what I mean? I was like, there's no way that was anything other than some kind of alien spacecraft. You know, the the one incident I had with, one of, the only thing I've never been able to really explain in the sky, uh, it was probably 15, 16, and we was up Omar, and uh, we were playing 10 Cat Alley. There was a bunch of kids out there playing, you know, goofing off, and uh, from where I was hiding, I was looking directly at the sky. And I watched about the dime size. It looked about a dime size in the sky. And almost like a red pulsating light. Come up over the, the rings. And about midway through the sky, made a 45-degree turn instantly and was gone. Oh, my gosh. And I laid there thinking, I was like, should I even say anything to anybody? Because they're going to yeah. think I'm crazy. <laughs> but that would have been game over, man. <laughs> That that was the only time, man, that I could I, – there's no explanation for it that I can think of. Yeah. And I mean, 45-degree turn, I mean, just in an instant. It wasn't like a big U-turn or nothing. It was straight line to a stop and then 45 degrees back out of there. Did you hear anything when it happened? No. No sonic booms, nothing. It was just – it was silent. And it was a red light. Yeah, and it was pulsating, like – not like big bright flashes, but it was you. You could tell it was DMM, you know, bright, DM bright. Just that—that that, that was uh, really the probably the beginning of me, you know, looking into UFOs and and all the other, you know, unnatural stuff that kind of like us like, I guess. Man, a lot. That's crazy. You know. uh not my story to tell, but uh, up holding, 
uh, when we was kids, man, some of the older kids used to tell us about this guy. They called him uh, Ed Tutal Jones, you know, after the famous football player, I guess. Yeah. But, uh, you know, Jeff Curry, it's his older brother that okay. uh, is actually one of the guys who used to tell us the story that they were walking in between their houses. You know, kids back in the 80s just went wherever, you know, and uh, they saw a guy standing beside our bridge there holding and uh, it, the bridge itself is probably about seven foot off the ground. We used to go underneath there and, you know, catch creek toes and stuff. Right. When they walk up on the guy, his head and shoulders are above the bridge. And they told this story for years to us, man, and we was all like, y'all crazy. And then with the whole Slender Man thing starting back up. Yes. Here in the past couple of years, the way they described him in the, in the early 90s, you know, to us kids, is exactly how Slender Man is described now. Oh, my gosh. And, you know, we've never heard of it. And yeah, so I got into, you know, researching that, man, getting into it. And there's so many people around the world who have reported the same thing. And, and uh, it's just odd that it's the same description everywhere. It's one of those things that's definitely, you know, always yeah. at my forefront. Like, I, Slender Man, I don't necessarily think it's like some kind of, uh, monster or something, but a lot of that goes hand in hand with some alien abductions and stuff when you read these cases. Yeah, and there has to be something else to it, you know? Yeah, yeah. I, man, I, I do. I, I probably spend too much time on all this stuff. My wife probably gets mad at me sometimes, but... <laughs> oh, yeah, my wife thinks I'm an idiot, you know? You, you believe everything. I was like, well, I, I would rather believe than keep my head in the sand, you know? <laughs> Yeah, and uh, my thing is, is I, I always tell her, it's like, what if, uh, what if, you know, we're not wrong, you know, what if we're right? Yeah. You got, just because the media says something's not real or something like that, I I try to question everything. Yeah, for sure. And but, Like, I'll play devil's advocate on stuff I don't even believe just to give a, you know, a different viewpoint. Yep. And, and that's... <laughs> Good conversation, man. And how many times have we been validated for believing something that was out there and then it proves to be real or it's true? You know, you can take all these conspiracy theories that are going around now. You can take UFOs. Yeah. The UFO thing itself, man, I mean, how many years have people been called idiots and and crazy for, you know, thinking that they've seen a UFO? Uh, High-ranking government, you know, pilots, you know, uh, Air Force pilots and uh, commercial pilots and stuff have lost jobs over it. Yep. And uh, now somebody owes somebody an apology. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, have you ever watched the – it's on YouTube. It's called the National Press Club. I'm not sure. I've went down a lot of rabbit holes. uh, (laughs) Yeah, man. Well, this – this National Press Club, they uh, it was like a, I don't know, almost like a symposium. You know, they had a whole stage full of people come up. And it, the video, if I remember right, is over like three hours long. And they had all these high-ranking officials. They had, you know, military commanders. They had air traffic controllers. They had different scientists. And all of them were giving their encounters and the factual information regarding 
alien life. Now, I watched this back in 2010, and it was an older video then. Uh, but it's just irrefutable evidence of these air traffic controllers. He had the document and when he was talking about it. And it, I don't know, it just goes so deep. They're talking about, you know, different species. They are no exist. It, it's just it's a wild show, man. Hey, uh, let me ask you something, because uh, it's always fun to talk to a fellow believer and stuff. Uh, something that I, I've been looking into a lot, just because it's been thrust into the mainstream with Elon Musk and several other people. The simulation theory. Yes. yes. I wish I could find this guy's name, and uh, it's going to drive me nuts that I can't find it. I want to say it was 19... I want to say 76 at a science conference. Uh, I cannot remember his name, man. It's going to drive me nuts. But uh, he got up and gave uh, his report on finding binary code in biological matter. Right. They they laughed him off the stage. And now he's he's one of the rock stars of this simulation theory stuff. So, yeah. I've I've been hearing a lot about simulation lately, you know, about how things will be just, I don't know, like shifted a little bit. It's just like little clues that this is all just a simulation. I actually, I watched a, a documentary on it last night, and uh, they were talking uh, that, the way they're searching for it now is by searching for pixels. If they could find a pixel, which would be, uh, they're saying it'd be smaller than like a, uh, what's it, a quart, which is the, one of the smallest things we can observe. Right. I want to say that's the right word. But uh, it, it's it's really cool to get into it. Yeah. And you, you start thinking about it like, well, you know, space doesn't end. Yep. Well, if I want to create a simulation, you know, like how do you create an end to it? You just leave it open because you think well, nobody's going to figure it out anyway. Right. Yeah, there's a podcast I listen to. Um, do you, you're into the same kind of stuff. Do you listen to the confessionals? Yes. Okay. That Tony Merkel, they bring up, a, you know, simulation theory every once in a while. And, you know, I can appreciate it. I just hope it's not. You know, yeah. who's watching it? <laughs> if, it's, if it's just assimilation. Well, I had a, I had a theory on it myself. I almost feel like it's scientists' way around of uh, believing in God, because yeah. then you can claim intelligent design without having to, you know, say that there is a God. Hey. That's a good one. I never yeah. thought of it's it's really just it's like a loophole for them to basically say that you guys may be right but not in the right way. <laughs> yes. Yes. Well they they're gonna to have to come up with uh an explanation for who's the simulator. <laughs> you know, who who's the the mastermind behind it. Yeah, I mean so you know, it's 
if everything's intelligent design and you, you're trying to look for any way out, you mm-hmm. know, you, it's, there's no way this is going to happen by accident. No, no. I don't believe that for one second. You know, whether we're, you know, a zoo for another species or, or something, this didn't happen by accident. And right. it's the, the only real answer they can come up with outside of, you know, God and saying that, you know, he's real or... Yeah, because yeah, I, I wholeheartedly believe in God. It's just, like you said, I, th- that would be a good excuse for scientists to admit creation but still deny God. I, that's that's perfectly said, man. I, so what do you think is is controlling these UFOs? You think it's aliens from another planet? You think it's something from here? Well, you know, one side of you wants to say, you know, we reverse engineer it because we've heard it so many times. But I, I wouldn't think it'd any, be anything other than, you know, uh, research drones or something like that. I mean, why would the, the risk send in, if they, you know, mastered the art of traveling across space and time, why would they send their uh, biological, you know, people or aliens, you know, however you want to describe them? Yeah. To just seeing, you know, some kind of drone. Yeah. And that's why a lot of people think these grays are. You know, they're, they're the drones. They're maybe not even, you know, sentient. Like, well, they might be aware, but they're not alive. You know, yeah. they're... AI. You just uh, another cog in the wheel of the machine, you know, which is the stuff. But see, I I have a theory on aliens, and I could be really wrong, but I don't care. I'm gonna put it out there anyway. A part of me feels like aliens, you know, the the classic term aliens, you know, the grays. I kind of feel like they're our descendants, you know, because if time travel is ever real at any point in the future then it, then it's real right now you know what i mean so if they ever master time travel they can come here right now and that means time travel is real now so just the way things are advancing you know like weaker of body stronger of mind um i just i don't know man it just feels like that's our lineage coming back. And I don't know why. I don't know if it's like a just an observation or if they're trying to correct something. Because you have all these encounter stories over nuclear sites yeah. you know, where they actually shut down the nukes at a base and then bring them back online. And when that happens, they see, you know, this UFO over the area beaming a light down onto the nuke base. Uh, it, are they trying to tell us? Are they trying to steer us in the right direction? Or I don't know. It's just a lot to think about, man. And I I think a lot. <laughs> you know. Yeah, I spend a lot of time. Uh, thank God for YouTube uh, Premium because I'll download you know a ton of videos to watch offline, and then I spend a lot of time in my truck. So I got these documentaries and stuff playing while I'm driving around. 
got a lot of fun just to reflect on stuff and think on it. And uh, it's, sometimes I get to the point where I have to turn it off because I'm getting like mentally exhausted from, you know, thinking about it. Yeah. Yeah, for real. I, I've been doing that because I'm home so much now. You know, I'll turn on different podcasts and while I'm waiting for the, the paranormal podcast to, you know, to come up with a new show, I flip over to conspiracy theory podcast or I prefer critical thinking podcast. <laughs> and man, they just, they're exposing so much information. It's almost overload and I'll have to turn it off. I mean, you know what? Like, uh, they, everybody who doesn't you know, believe in conspiracy theories or anything like that, the first guy they always throw up, Alex Jones. Yeah, he's such he's so loud and out there, but such a bad representative of the people who genuinely question things. Yes. Now, personally, I I like Alex Jones. I love him to death, but I do too. He, he, he the face of the of the movement is <laughs> need somebody yeah. a little bit more rational out there pushing it. Yeah, he is loud. And he doesn't, like, tiptoe into the subject. He just head first tells you exactly what, you know, what he's thinking. And it, I don't know, it's it's too much for some people, and he just sounds ridiculous to them. Well, it's, it's yeah, there's so much information. You know, he'll hit on some stuff, man, that he's right on with. Yeah, but a lot of times it gets overlooked because there's so much information that comes out when he when he gets going, man. Uh, he, he just throws it all out there, and he kind of jumps around a lot. He's hard to follow. Yep. But some yep. of the stuff, man, he he's hit right on the head. Yeah, you got to be kind of familiar with the topics in order to keep up with him. Oh yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it's I, just... I, I love I love him on Rogan because Rogan will try his best most of the time fails to try his best to keep him on one track to kind of discuss the stuff. Yeah. Yeah, he was on uh, the Tinfoil Hat podcast. I think it was Sam Tripoli. Yeah. He went on that show, and it was just like, I pulled the car over to listen, man. (laughs) (laughs) I cannot focus on him and drive at the same time. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, I know it's completely off topic there, but how do you, do you like Graham Hancock? I do. I follow him on Facebook. Yeah, I, I follow him on, I guess, every form of social media he's on, but uh, I still haven't sat down and read, read his books. I need to. Yeah, I haven't read his books yet either. Yeah. I've watched him do uh, some conferences where he, you know, basically went over the books, but. I really like that guy, man. Uh, him and uh, I was going to drum. I always forget names. I do too. It's all right. <laughs> Why can't I think of that guy's name? Him and Rogan. He was on Rogan with him together. The geologist. Uh, uh, it wasn't Shock. Uh, which he's another interesting guy, man. With the he's pushing the, the age of the Sphinx back, you know, 
tens of thousands of years because of the water erosion and stuff. Yep. Which I, now, I don't know how you you can look at look at it and not know that it's been weathered, you know, with water. And right. The pyramids don't show the same signs of the water that the Sphinx does. So. Well, wasn't the Sphinx buried all except for its head when they found it? Oh, yeah. You know, how old is that? Because I don't I don't remember ever hearing that the pyramids were buried up that deep. No. You know? But yeah, that, that goes into the, you know, who was building it. And all, that goes on to all these other earthworks, you know, the and that that'll go into the ancient alien theory. Uh, who's helping these people with astronomy? Who's helping them with, uh, you know, their geometry and calculus or whatever else they have to use to? to get I think until they get Doctor Hawass out of the uh, out of Egypt, a lot of this stuff's going to stay buried and and not make the mainstream light. It it goes against, you know, what he believes in, and since it, you know, goes against what he believes, it's, you know, inherently wrong. Yeah, he is for Yeah. He's Egypt. Yeah. He's the final say all on what goes on over there. It'd be nice to have some kind of independent team go in and do some real research and look at the things that he's found and probably put up at this point. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's that's it. it when, you, when you have countries like that and they have that much secrecy anyway, for one person to be the key holder, you know, the gatekeeper, it's it's not right. <laughs> you know, not, there's too much to, to for one person away from everybody else. Now, have you ever experienced any missing time or anything? Oh, I'm glad you brought that up. I, I mentioned to you in the email that I had a little bit of a missing time experience, but mine is nowhere near that dramatic. And it's kind of like a, uh, almost like a gained time experience. Uh, I was in high school. It might have been my senior year. And I've never been able to figure it out, but I'll just go ahead and throw it out there. I had my alarm set. I got up every day to catch the bus. You know, I had to get up. I had just enough time to take a shower, get dressed. Uh, back then, I fixed my hair <laughs> and go catch the bus. Well, my alarm goes off. I think it was 6 a.m. I get up, do my normal routine. I come back to the bedroom. And I noticed I had about 20 minutes left until time for me to go to, you know, to catch the bus. I got ready a little earlier than usual. So I lay back down, try to take a quick nap. And when I wake up at 6 a.m., I'm showered and dressed and ready for school. And I thought, oh, maybe I just looked at the clock wrong. But I, I remembered turning my alarm off, you know, and I I had the time to wake up 
by taking a shower and everything, I come back and look at the clock again to realize I have enough time to lay back down. And then I wake up and it's six o'clock. Really? So, <laughs> That's pretty wild because it's just like uh, like it resets. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, and that can go into the simulation, right? <laughs> yeah. Um, they, uh, it don't make sense. No, no, that that's a that's a that's a odd one, man. Because you know, most of the time you hear it like uh, Travis guy was gone for what a couple of days. Yeah, three days. And uh, Betty and Barney Hills, few hours. Yep. But it was always, you know, later in the day when they realized what was going on, to have almost a reset like that where. You know, you get up and do your thing at the normal time, and then you wake up again at the normal time. Yeah, it's yeah, it threw me, man. And I, I've thought about that um, over the years, but I've I've never been able to understand. But that that pales in comparison to yours. You have a twelve-hour gap. Yeah, it, it was roughly. I'd say by the time I set up, you know, and everything. It was probably between 10 and 11 o'clock p.m. Now, I didn't wake up, you know, in my house until 10 a.m. next morning. And I, I know I asked you on the email, but I want to ask you on here because if anybody listens to it, they might have questions. Did you see any strange lights that night? No. No, I mean, it, it was just a – everything was normal up until I was uh, – when I got my fishing license out, that's really the last thing I remember doing. Yeah. Nothing out of the ordinary other than thinking I was getting ready to get checked by a DNR. It was nothing strange about it. Uh, I mean, I, I fish that same spot, you know, a ton of times. Nothing had ever happened. Uh, I called a beaver one time on the topwater plug, but that's a different story. <laughs> That's a cool story. <laughs> but, uh, but nothing odd. So, it, it was the most ordinary of, of nights, you know. You've been on the river bank and got checked by the DNR. Oh, yeah. A lot of times, you know, you if you hear other fishermen coming down, you, you know it's somebody walking towards you, even right. if it's dark out, you know. And uh, didn't think twice about it. It was just, you know. Hey, I'm getting ready to get checked, or you know, somebody's coming down to fish my spot. And, and you never talk on anybody. No, no. And here's the other thing: like, I was actually so freaked out about it. I didn't tell anybody the next day, and at the time, like, you know, I I, I drank some. I, I I drank the whole next day because I was just kind of, you know. I don't know how to explain it. You know, just like, oh, that didn't really happen, or I can't explain what happened. Yeah. I was looking out of, like, anxiety just to kind of wipe it away. That's understandable. That's traumatic, man. I mean, who knows what went on in that amount of time? You could have done anything. You, you could have never made it home. Yeah. And it was just, I remember waking up in the bed that morning and, it was almost like a it, panic almost set in, like, you know, what happened there, how did I get here, or what I do. Right. Because there was no 
you know, answer. Like, oh, yeah, I remember coming home and getting in bed here. But none of that. It was just like, okay, I'm awake in my house. <laughs> wow. And, again, I I know I know the answer to this, but you weren't on any kind of drugs? No. Not under the influence of anything? Nope. See? That takes away any other option <laughs> for me. Like I, I tell you, you know, I tried to rationalize it by saying, you know, I dozed off and just groggily went home and not thinking straight, you know. Right. But sitting up all night and night fishing wasn't anything that was strange to me or, or, you know, new. I mean, I had a dock literally 50 yards from my house, which didn't do a good fishing here because all the little kids fished there. So that's why I went down the river to fish. But, I mean... Uh, Probably 50 times in, in the year and a half I lived there, I, I not fished. Uh, I mean, I went back and fished after that. Same spot, nothing, you know, nothing weird ever happened again. It was just that one night I couldn't can't figure out what happened to the time or what I did. But, yeah, I mean, I did okay fishing. I caught food. Yeah, you, and, uh, that's another thing. That's a good night on the river. Yeah. And you don't, don't even recall it. So, have you had any kind of history with amnesia or seizures or anything like that? No. No, I've, I don't think I've ever passed out. I've never been knocked out. Uh, I mean, I've had the normal head trauma of somebody who played sports and stuff, but right. nothing. I've never had any kind of episode where I passed out or anything or uh, no seizures, no nothing like that. Man. Would you ever want it to happen again? Uh, no, I don't think so. Uh, because, like I said, I mean, it was the next day, man. It was just uh, the whole day of trying to figure out what happened. Yeah, I woke up in a complete panic because, yeah, when you can't remember a big chunk of time when you know you were awake, and especially when you weren't even at your own house and you wake up at your house. Granted, I, like I said, I was a block and a half maybe away from the house. Right. All right anybody, yeah, anybody from Huntington that uh, may listen to it, you know, I was in between uh, really uh, the two big markers would be St. Mary's and there's a park there on First Avenue. And I'm down in between their fish and I, I lived at North Stone, which is the road that shoots right off of St. Mary's. Mm-hmm. So I'm in Literally, you know, minus the trees, I could have seen my house from where I was. Wow. So, if something did happen, if for whatever reason, some something or somebody else, whatever was coming toward you is the cause, then it took you back home. That's my only thought, either that or just, you know, you want to take away is it some kind of memory wipe? You know, just you know, uh, for, neuro- for, lack of, for lack of a better thing, man, just the the neuralizer from me, like yeah, yeah, just like, you know. And uh, I'd never really thought about like hypnosis until I seen it in some of these other cases. Not I thought about it, but you know, what what is there around here that you know anybody around here would be able to do it? 
I wasn't trying to see anybody, really. Right. But I don't know. Maybe I don't want to know what happened. Or... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, maybe. Did you wake? You said you didn't feel sore or anything? You didn't have any marks on your body? No, I woke up. Other than, you know, being panicked and, and nothing was off, you know, physically or anything like that. Did you did you still have your clothes on like you were fishing, or did you get ready for bed? No, you know, probably I took my jeans off. And I had t shirt you know, my underwear in bed. It's yeah. quick. But it, it was definitely one of the only odd things in my life that I've not been able to get an answer to. And it led me into, you know, researching the missing time and diving deeper into it. But Right. Yeah. When when I was tried, you know, you told me that it was a missing time incident, so I immediately started trying to to find out more. I was reading everything, and ninety nine percent just goes back to abduction. Yeah, that's uh, everything that yeah that I've researched. It, it ends up there, and wish you know, don't want to be the quack. You know, I never even you know bring it up that much, but. Oh, hey, man, it's a good time to talk about it, son. It's been 18 years. I'm I'm glad you told me about it. I think the only other person that I had really told was uh, remember Dave Messer we went to school with. Yeah. I think he's probably the only person other than the girl I was living with at the time that knows the the story. No. Uh, she looked at me like I was crazy. <laughs> Where was she at during all this? Was she at home? Or? Yeah, she had to work the next day. And I was off. Did she remember you coming home? No. No, she she was super heavy sleeper, man. Yeah. And uh, I could be in the living room, man, just pumping out Pink Floyd, and she slept just fine. <laughs> <laughs> You were telling me a story. You said it was up Omar where you saw that UFO? Yeah. Yeah, you know the camp where the uh, basketball courts are? Yep. Right there. Yeah. The the little parking spaces for that white church there is where we had, you know, the, the circle set up for King King Alley. And uh, I'm laying in my aunt's bush. Like I'm crawled up underneath it, laying on my back looking at the sky. And... Uh, that that was a pretty cool thing. Uh, I've told you know several people about it, but yeah, more than probably. But that that was the only uh, UFO thing related thing that I haven't been able to explain away with the satellite or shooting stars or you know whatever commercial airliners and stuff like that. Yeah, you don't usually see a a large pulsating red light that takes off at a forty five degree angle. You know what I mean? That. Yeah. Pretty hard to explain away. And uh, you, you hate to say, you know, try to think, well, you know, to my eyes, it, it looks like it's about dime size, but, you know, you don't know altitude or anything like that. You're laying on the ground. Yeah. But it, it was definitely the coolest uh, thing that's happened to me as far as things like that go. Never seen any, you know, cool cryptids or had anything that even made me question what I saw as far as, you know, in the woods or anything. Yeah. 
Well, see, it's it's odd that that happened up Omar because the interview I just did on I think it was Tuesday. Yeah. Uh, I I released this yesterday. Uh, happened in Omar. It was a big <laughs> a Bigfoot sighting in Omar. There's something going on around there, man. Yeah. You know, uh, my dad and me used to. I mean, they they ran Pine Creek, you know, for years at their news and stuff. Yeah. And uh, my exactly. had an experience up uh, Pine Creek. Uh, you know, you know my grandpa. Uh, he's a preacher, man. He's uh, he done a radio show here in Logan for close to sixty years. Yeah. And uh, he was coming home one night out of Pine Creek, and. Uh, he had a white animal, all white, jump up, you know, from one side of the road, land on the hood of his car, and then over the mound. And uh, he jumped out, tried to figure out what it was. And, you know, he, he's not the type to just, he said he'd never seen anything like it before, but it's on all fours. Uh, and when he got out to look, there was no sign of it, no sound going down the hill. And he's a lifelong hunter. But that that happened up Pine Creek to him. It was all white. Yeah. Did he describe what it looked like besides all fours? No, he said it was just, you know, it happened so fast, like it, it jumped from off the side of the road on the opposite lane, hit the hood of his car, and then jumped again. And then after the second jump. No sound, no siding, nothing going down the hill when he got out to check. Wow. And, uh, you know, it'd be, it, even if it's just an albino, uh, you know, mountain lion or a bobcat, that's still a cool story. Cause I don't know if I've ever seen an albino bobcat. No, I've never heard of an albino bobcat. And to, to clear one whole lane of the road and land on the hood of a moving vehicle and jump off of it. What could do that? I don't know. He seems to think maybe uh, when it jumped off, uh, maybe it hit something and it was even knocked out or killed going over the mountain. That's why he didn't hear anything. Yeah. But he, he said he couldn't see anything. Back there. Again, it's dark Pine Creek back in the 70s. So. I don't know, man. I, <laughs> I, I I think these hills have more stories than we have time to talk about. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, man. I've uh, I've always wanted to do something like put together a group of guys that was interested in this stuff and go and investigate stuff just for the fun of it. Let's do it. And uh, I, I think it'd be interesting, man. To not get the, the campy stuff that you get from, you know, uh, shows like Mountain Monsters and stuff. That show about ruined us. Yeah. I, they might have had good intentions, but that was, I don't even like to discuss that thing, man. That, <laughs> that show was a nightmare. <laughs> it was just campy and, and geared towards the lowest IQs available. <laughs> Yes, yes. It just makes us look worse, and it discredits the 
validity of the whole situation here. Man. Well, I'm glad you let me call you, man. I don't know. Yeah. I was excited to do it. I yesterday kind of got hectic on me. And That's all right. Day, but today's my anniversary, 16 years, so. Well, happy anniversary. We didn't get ready to go get some curbside food somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but the anniversary dinner in the Walmart parking lot at South Ridge. <laughs> <laughs> well, it'll be one you never forget. No, that's for sure. Man. Well, I, I appreciate you letting me holler at you, man. And if anything else happens or if anything else you remember you want to talk about, holler at me. All right, man. I appreciate it. All right. Thanks, brother. Thanks. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Thank you for joining us on this episode. I hope you enjoyed it. If you'd like to share an account with us, or you'd just like to discuss a topic that fits into the show, email me at thebumppodcast at gmail.com. That's thebumppodcast at gmail.com. You can also get a hold of me on our Facebook page, which is Bump, and you can get a hold of me also on our Instagram account at thebumppodcast. However you want to get a hold of me, I don't care. Uh, I'll get back in touch. So until next time, thanks again for listening and don't stop believing.